This is the first one in a while, Chris, where I'm recording where we're recording, but I'm under a time pressure. Um, but that's okay because, as I was just discussing with you off mic, I've been working with a professional script developer on a film project lately. And a thing that's very important they talk about in, in uh, screen culture is um, is stakes. And in fact, the principle of the ticking clock as a uh, compelling part of narrative. So I assume this is going to just add um, extra juice for the listeners to know that we're um, putting uh, doing our, of course flawless ranking uh, of whatever idea we decide to do against all other human ideas. Um, but, you know, like having to having to take that metric we already have, flawlessness of ranking, and put it against um, another metric, which is uh, relative speed. Although we have, no, we have about as much time as we normally do um, to do an episode. So uh, all we have to do is not pick something that is outlier from what we normally chat about. Um, or I don't, um, I don't know if you're interested in the challenge of us trying to think about what type of category idea, what, do, do you think there's a category of idea of the ones we've been ranking that tends to take less time to rank or, or that you have an intuition are the sorts of ideas that are quicker to get to? Look up front, I wouldn't have an idea, but I th- would say that the ones that we quickly exhaust our personal interest in tend to find a home quicker, but that's th- really impossible to predict because, um, some of the ones that, uh, up from my own experience, you know, w- didn't have any thoughts or particular interest going into it, uh, ended up being the most compelling. So, um, true. you know, mate, if you really need to save time, we could just go, you know, verandas 43 and then, you know, you're free to do your script. <laughs> um, it's not even a script that I'm working on today. I'm just meeting a friend. That's how much I prioritize my friends, people. Um, I do it even over the, you know, there's, even though the work we're doing here, which as we know, will echo through the halls of um, human endeavor forever, define the halls of human endeavor forever. Um, but my friend, Melanie, even more important to me than that. Did you have any thoughts entirely separate to the, to the bit? Do you have, did you have any thoughts of what you might like to rank today, Chris, or do you want me to take a bounce around the potential ideas list that I have on my iPhone of those two? Do you have a thought? Uh, I'll, I'll hear out your list, but um, just from that conversational bid um i'm interested in maybe something around prioritization or or values i actually i've had value um the value is on the list um for a while and i think it might have been a listener suggestion at one point that we didn't get to uh so that would that could be another thing but yeah value seems like one of the one of the really fun ones to talk about value or values mm. it's interested interested whether the idea of pluralizing it changes it dramatically but yeah um that that sounds pretty that sounds pretty fresh to me that sounds pretty fly um if you'd like to do a dope mm. um ranking of value um i'm down with that yeah let's do it values Dear listeners, thank you so much for joining us on another episode of the Rank Ideas podcast, hosted by myself, Chris Endry, and Nick Deladovic. And we're on a quest to rank every human idea on our ever-expanding list, which we put in order from best to worst. And today we're going to add another idea onto that list somewhere, and that idea is values. I think you raise an interesting idea, Nick, about um, singular or plural. I think um, whilst they should mean roughly the same thing um, in a dictionary sense, I think socially uh, going with values, the plural um, gives a different indication because where where value, um, I think, evokes the sort of um, 
a, a quantifiable measurement of of an, of an individual thing. I think values is sort of your set of um, things that you hold, yeah, as important, and then use as operating principles. Yeah, it rem- it kind of reminds me of yeah the thing we keep is it like when we've had these little discussions about oh do we is the word this or the word that I feel like the trend is if, if is the thing that moves it out of just oh a thing that is observable in space or in uh, reality like oh value mm. um, as a as a demonstrable um, thing that we're projecting onto something economic or, force maybe. you know yeah like some yeah taking something closer to um, the uh, an idea space that is loaded with narrative and emotion and valences. And I feel like values is values as opposed to value is that, but again, well, it'll, I feel like chatting about it will make it more apparent if um, they're actually that different as ideas. Um, Because yeah, either, either one, like it's pretty ideas. um, (laughs) You know, it's almost, it's as far as ideas goes, uh, value or values is about as ideas as it gets. Cause it's literally just a way to, it's a, conception that you're using to make sense of a thing that you're talking about. Um, so yeah, I'd say, um, as far as defining values, um, plural, you're definitely, you're talking about the, you're talking about the things that you care about, that you hold to be critical or important, the ideas the, or central organizing ideas or principles. Um, uh, also, but also you're talking about, um, literally it's, it's a measurement as well. Like, or it's a, it's a, it's a measurable concept or yeah, it's either a measurable concept or a concept of measurement or both as in, um, values can be, yeah, you're, you're, you're using it to say judgments of importance. Like it's, you're, you're talking about, um, how to, how to rate things as being more or less important, um, more or less deal breakery, sacrosanct. Um, and, uh, yeah, like the, and and also like there's a more literal dictionary definition of value, which is more strictly a a, um, a uh, unit of measurement or worth, maybe is a better way of saying it, um, uh, or yeah, or magnitude. But what am I missing there? That's pretty good. I think um, I think I'm glad you brought up worth because I feel like it's a nice little synonym for you know what we use them as. They're the things that you know you you're. you're your guiding values are um, the things that you find worthy and then, you know, um, purport to structure your decision-making or your, how you spend your time or, um, you know, what you decide to put more of or less of into the world or into your own world as a result. And it's interesting because straight away um, it reminds me of uh, morality, um, but it's it's step shifts better, I guess, because morality sort of has its own uh, force weight of, um, being, uh, of, of being, uh, self-evidently true or self-justifying or something in a way that a value might not, as in, if you have a contest with somebody, um, around an issue, you can say, yes, but I don't value that. That's not, that's not, that's not something that's important to me. And it, and it may be something that's important to someone else. And then you can then, you know, navigate that gap to, um, to, to make sure you're meeting in common terrain. Whereas if you meet someone with your, to declare that what they're doing is immoral um, in a way that they may not also agree with, then um, you're kind of at an end of the um, exchange or, or the, uh, you, you limit your capacity to to see each other and move towards the solutions you might be able to find otherwise. Um, for myself, I, I don't, um, I don't really have a strong relationship to, to values personally. 
um, as in an articulated one. But I think I I have a very, um, I think as time goes on, and I hope that this is true for, for I hope this gets to be true for all of us, a better sense of what, what they become through sort of revealed preference and through, um, you know, the resonant um, experience of navigating the world and, and, and finding out what it does and doesn't accord with, um, you know, what makes your own experience better. Um, it's, and it's so interesting because I feel like um, a lot of the things that are high on our list um, expose our collective values in a way that I don't like to interrogate too much because I don't want to think that we're producing a subjective list when I know that we're, we're, um, we've now the perfect process for extracting objective truth, which is, you know, confronting for the scientists given how, um, how unempirical our methods may seem to their untrained. And, and yet, and yet we are just revealing, we're just revealing the statue underneath the marble. We just, we do not dictate what it is. Yeah. Yeah. The, as yeah, it is. So uh, speaking of uh, said statue, so yeah, the the useful context for new listeners um, uh, probably going in is to know that um, on a list of about, in a list of exactly 108 ideas that we've ranked at the moment, um, morality that Chris was talking about at the moment is 105 and uh, ideology um, is 108. Ideology has been our lowest ranking idea for quite a while. And so that's interesting in terms of they are very cross-mapped ideas to values, I would say. Um, mm. The idea of having, you know, the both of them are framework ideas, like they're frameworks for conceiving and navigating. They're predictive models um, that humans are creating. And obviously we we are predictive engines. Our brains are predictive machines more than they are responsive, no, even though our subjective experience suggests that we're responding to things, usually we're predicting them. And so, yeah, it's interesting we were – um, obviously listen to the requisite episodes on morality and ideology to um, see us really flesh it out. But for us, um, what we were coming at mightily, other than the other than the demonstrable demonstrable lack of mapping to um, replicable reality that most ideologies and moral systems are employing, um, for us the overly predictive um, nature of them, the idea that they lean. Um, dangerously into our status as predictive engines rather than uh, counterbalancing or counterleaving them, them in the way that we think would be useful. Um, values, I think, is a really interesting one to talk about because the first thing I would say is, like, for me, obviously I have, um, I've come up conditioned through certain ideologies, like there are ideologies that have imprinted on me, um, there are moral systems that have imprinted on me and that are part of my being. Um, I've had every, every um, step I've taken towards res deconstructing those or resisting them um, or putting them into perspective has been great for me in my life, objectively, and there is a huge amount of um, active deconstructing of that that I actively do, uh, knowing that it's an imperfect and non-completable process. Values is an interesting one. I definitely have values. Um, there's no no question, as in, regardless of whether I want to or not, I have values. Um, I think I, I, for me, it's more of an open question for me whether the values are as important for me to deconstruct or resist as opposed to ideology and morality, which is very important for me to deconstruct and resist. And I think about mm -hmm. if you, maybe one, a really dumb version of the question is, if you, if at one point you have, if at one end of the spectrum you have ideology slash morality, and then at the other end of the spectrum you just have the dry concept of preferences, which you said before, Chris, like uh, human beings have subjective preferences. Obviously, 
we a lot of the ways we've ranked other ideas, including beauty um, last time, last episode, uh, has shown that we um, have that we find that there are good arguments that we fight for and stick up for in the putting together of the list for have people having subjective taste and preferences and for the plurality of that to be celebrated and elevated. Um, people's values are going to be individual as well. So I guess, yeah, wondering in the, if, if, if we're like, okay, um, preferences is the, is the dryly practical and kind of worth, you know, just, just worth acknowledging and contending with end of the spectrum and values and morality is the kind of toxic end of the spectrum. Where does, um, values sit in between those two? Um, that's very, uh, yeah, I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a globally helpful way to think about it, but yeah, that's, that's what I'm, that's, that's what my brain just did thinking about, um, values, but yeah. I like it. I'd, I'd maybe go a step further and, and think that, um, what is the existence of values at all? Like what is the percentile risk that each person who picks up that tool, um, descends into the sort of, uh, negative things that we associated with ideology and morality. Um, and, and I think this is a good way to do it, to, to look at, um, at how much of the, the thread of the, the, I guess the supremacy of one's own values, um, as something that you would enforce upon others, uh, is, is a risk to the, to the tool before we then go on. And I think give a a a good examination and representation of, of the real benefit, um, that values can offer to the individual and the collective's life. Cause I, I feel like we'd both be pretty warm on that. Um, just based on, based on just our personal interpersonal conversations. Yeah. I'm, let me put it this way. I'm instinctively warm on the idea of, well, I'm warm in terms of the context of the whole list on the idea of celebrating a plurality of values in a world where they are, where that already exists as the state, like the, the, the current world we're in, but obviously that's not quite mm-hmm. what we're doing with the list. Um, we're creating a, a theoretically, um, we're creating a list that you could then port into, then create a, create a society from. Um, so the, yeah, he's, let me zero in on this for a second. There's a lot that is both accurately and somewhat glibly said by people who are experts in communication, human discourse, reason and argument, um, uh, political um, movement around the idea that people are mostly activated around their values, not their rationality, not their intelligences in as defined in other ways, not their, not even their team affiliations. All of these things are strong, but the strongest thing by far is people's personal values and the way to, and yeah, there is a lot said about the way to communicate with people isn't with, isn't with evidence, um, isn't with well-reasoned argument. It is with, um, it is activating people around their values. That is the core part of their identity that you will be able to move them from, that you'll be able to move and nudge them to different behaviors around. So that's all well and good to know as the current state of play. And if you were just accepting that as the current state of play, then, you know, that would lead us to one conception of the importance of values or the management of them. But the thing we have the luxury to do here on the list always is be like, could there be a different way for humans to work? Um, Or could there be at least an effort of reprogramming that? Um, And uh, would that be worthwhile? If so, that's a big... Um, that's a thorny question, obviously. Um, the other thing quickly that I would say is that values are an interesting thing because they're kind of a super category and a sort of, um, they're both a catch-all that contains 
ideology, morality, memory, history, um, all other aspects of social conditioning, um, genetics, you know, um, anything that can come up to subjective experience. And that, and they're also kind of like a rings of the tree, like cross-cutting, cross-section of that as well. Like as in any value is going to be a grab bag of bits of that um, in a way where it's, it's, they're both sort of global and then hyper-local at the same time. Um, and obviously we, we um, can't have perfect self-awareness about all of the things that are making our values what they are in the same way that we can't have perfect self-awareness about the things that are making our preferences what they are. I like this line a lot. I think... Um I think you really hit on something that we can build off of with the idea that, uh, with the revelation that, you know, we, we operate off of our values ahead of a whole bunch of other systems that we, we think that we're activated around. And, and that for me, I guess, maybe even counterintuitively suggests that, um, the less that, like the lower place, um, values has at, for an individual, kind of like the higher place the bad elements of values actually has. Because I think that, like, if you don't, if you don't interrogate or at least um, at least listen to and respond to um, and reckon with uh, what what are the values that you hold through, like which you can learn in various ways, then I think that it's very easy to have an unexamined default that your values are um, you know things that you purport to be good that don't don't actually necessarily correlate to how you structure your lifetime behaviour. Um, in any way. And I think that that's something, I, I hope that that's all something that we can relate to because um, I've definitely held like stated values in the past that were just utterly uncorrelated to anything that I, that I, that I did or moved towards or moved away from. And Same. I think that, um, yeah. And I think that, uh, you know, having a higher personal um, understanding of like, okay, well, what, what are my values in this situation? Or, you know, how do I, you know, uh, you know, here's a complex set of things. What, what, how do I prioritize what's important and not important to me through it? Um, using, you know, whatever nebulous idea I have of my own values as like a constitutional map for, you know, if this, then that, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, um, then I think the, the, the less, um, the less inhibited, I, inhibited I am in having a prescriptive idea of what I would have to, do to navigate that situation. And that kind of, um, adaptability is something that I know we both, um, are pretty, pretty hot on, um, yes. as a, as a pos positive trait. And I think that, um, yeah, I think that, you know, values can be anything, but I think that, uh, by having a, a, a stronger relationship with them individually and collectively, then, then we get, there's also more space for, um, understanding that other people, like, I don't think anyone, I don't think, most of us assume that every other person on the planet should have the same values as us exhaustively. I don't think there's an expectation in that, but there absolutely is. Um, if you, uh, adhere to, you know, certain ideologies or, um, Moralities, uh, moral or systems, moralities. faith systems. Yeah. Because I have an absolutism, like, you know, it's, it's like, this is what is good. Um, and you know, if someone says not to me, well, like, okay, heretic, get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> well, sorry, and a I mean, a common, an absolute common term through human history, at least in English, is the idea of oh, the sense of right and wrong. I know right from wrong, which you know, obviously, mm. that is just talk, that is there is no such thing as a sense of right or wrong. There is just personal values, or as in personal values includes a set of right or wrong. But that is not. There's no eternal wellspring, cosmic wellspring of right or wrong that you are sensing. Um, there is just your personal values projecting a sense of right is right to do or wrong to do in a situation. And as you say, there are lots of people who there's, there's a huge amount of people who sensibly know 
that you can have different senses of right or wrong or, or areas of reasonable disagreement. And then there's a lot of people who don't think that. They just think that there is right and wrong cosmically, which isn't quite the same as what mm. we're talking about, but it does, you know, as you say, like this idea of um, suppressing, not suppressing, but like um, not, yeah, not, not downweighting values on the list in a repressive way, but just putting it under all of the possible ideas that could be, um, that could uh, bring context and calibration to it and chill it out, basically. Um, you know, this is reminding me of, I was listening to a podcast um, this week uh, by a legal, legal theorist who was talking about the uh, American Supreme Court and the American judiciary system. And he was saying that, and he was diagnosing, and this is just, this is just an interesting posit rather than anything that I took as, oh, this is, this is it. But um, it was, but it's a fun analogy for other things. He was talking about how um, America, the American legal system is defined by um, this, uh, it being built upon, like people building, um, a sense of legality on a small amount of rights that are enforced strongly, as in, you know, a con- the concept of right is something that you um, hold as like sacredly sacrosanct. And um, yeah. where he was arguing for the idea of enforcing way more rights weekly, as in you have a ton more rights that are inscribed in law, but the um, sense of life or death gravitas of each right is less strongly enforced, as in rights are a thing that are important, but sort of weakly important, as in they can be calibrated against each other. And, I mean, I was thinking that in terms of when we, like, our current ranking of rights, which is quite low on the list, mm. I was like, man, like, we, um, so much of our uh, dim view of it was taken from that premise, the idea that the public intuition, because obviously a lot, there are plenty of legal systems around the world that enforce rights more weakly, but the general popular public intuition of what rights are is is this kind of sacred valence of, you know, they are a thing that need, that exists so that they can be enforced strongly. And I was like, man, if there was more of a concept that rights, for instance, could be enforced weakly, I could be way chiller on them. And so I think about values kind of in the same way. Like if you had a bunch of ideas where people could be, where people could be like, okay, these are my values, but that does not, <laughs> that is not the same as, um, that they don't have to have life or death stakes on them or, or like I do... I do not um, have to die on the hill of my values to be a hero in a story. In fact, you know, that is that is not nece- that, you know, because I think that is the, we haven't ranked hero or heroism yet. Um, we've certainly ranked romance and done it quite low. And I think that's a cross-cutting idea to the idea of the sort of things these stories get invested in. But obviously it's such a common core story, the idea of the person you know, the immovable person, the person who around their values will be will be like, no, you move. And obviously there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of subjective beauty in that idea of someone who will just not change their conviction, who has the strength of their convictions. But as we said, uh, when, we've been, when we've ranked a bunch of other ideas, like having the courage of your convictions around horrible convictions is no good for anybody. So mm. yeah, again, this idea... I'm sure there are downsides we could talk out about the idea of having weak values, but the idea of, yeah, I don't think I'm talking about having weak values. I'm just talking about having values that have just a ton of ideas over them that can be held more strongly than just what your value is. Yeah, I think by the time you're talking about weak rights, you're potentially no longer talking about rights and you need another word. Yeah, sure. But I don't don't want to get sucked into that. Um, but I, I think that uh, in addition to the to the the benefits that you're positive having, you know, like weak values or just or values that are sort of, um, I guess, I guess, uh, the, the, the warming element of that is the appealing idea is that, um, you know, you can have values that you, you don't hold on to too tightly. If you, if you, 
if they don't serve you or you find that you're not serving them. Mm. Um, you get to change. As an individual. Yeah, you get to change. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think, you know, separate to the collective uh, sort of acceptance that you want to have, which is that people have different values and will operate accordingly and that's fine. Um, I think like kind of interestingly, because as you said, this is like a, a kind of meta idea and it is a, it is a heuristic in the sense that it's like a guiding path for predictive modeling in how you choose to navigate circumstances. I think it's still, as long as you're listening to them and adapting and, you know, taking in the information of, um, you know, the outcomes of whatever circumstances you find yourself in and, you know, can interrogate, you know, what might be the contributing causes um, that lead to those outcomes. I think they can be pretty good predictive models because over time you can align yourself better to find the things that are rewarding for you and to and to get more of them um, and and find your, and for the circumstances that you find that are not rewarding to you, you can you can you know um, get less of them. And I think that's a pretty that's a pretty good outcome to have in your life if you're um, you know not in circumstances that you find bring you pain and sadness and those around you the same or and you, you, you're getting more of the circumstances that make you feel great and um, do all the things that you like and, and you get more of them than you otherwise would. I think that um, if, if you've got a set of values that you continuously, I mean, not, not, not constantly, obviously, but if you, if you ongoingly refine them um, and you, you are increasingly conscious of them and you, and you pursue them, I think that that's, I don't know. I, look, it's, I can only speak from my observed experience and personal experience, but I think that that is, that, that, that does seem to be something that happens. I, I, I've certainly seen that happen in myself and in others. I was having a warm conversation with um, some of the artists in the residency program I helped run yesterday where they were talking about the ex- positive experiences they've had recently of being in creative situations that had the components that they realised are the key components of joy and actualization for them. And they were like, cool, I, you know, one of the artists in particular was like, okay, I think I just want situations like this um, now with these components and I... Um, will own and I know that I can and now I have evidence that I can have that and that's what I'm going to do and I'm going to set those boundaries and deal breakers around my practice and that was an easy thing to celebrate in the moment and as you say like the the only the only thing you need uh to be over the top of that and caring for that is the idea that your sense that you're allowed to then change your mind like or that you're mm. you're the things that are good the th- the things that are good in one situation Actually, this is a better way to put it maybe is that you don't get too strong into your own predictive model of what your boundaries and what your like are. Like it's good to, I mean, obviously I'm a huge, you know, discernment is a big tool in my life of discerning what situations, what people, what experiences are my other thing that are going to be edifying for me or the things that aren't going to be edifying for me. Um, and that's great. And then obviously sometimes I go too far and I have strong predictive models for what I can and can't can't have a good time experiencing. And that sometimes, and every, and I know that because every now and then when circumstances nudge me or I nudge myself a little bit into going into a zone where I'm sure it won't be good. Sometimes it is good. That said, I have with, with my, I think my judgment overall is, is for me personally is pretty good. And I think that we're bringing it back to the idea of, you know, you're only, values when they're working well should only have to be about judging what works for you personally, as you say, as you were saying, like the point, all the poisonous parts 
of value when you're trying to make it work at scale. One set of values work at scale across a large population instead of celebrating that they are a personal thing. And again, we've got morality and ideology ranked low, so I think that's part of um, avoiding that. Here, and here's freedom a ranked of, high. Yes, and freedom ranked high um, as an adaptability, et cetera, et cetera. Here's oh, another yeah. thought. Here, to me, this is the big shutdown argument in my head for why it doesn't rank anywhere near as low as ideology or um, morality. It's a predictive system, but unlike those two predictive systems, it doesn't have any necessary posited endpoint in mind. Mm-hmm. Like morality yeah. and ideology are both like, the world will be good once it's this. Whereas <laughs> whereas values is more specifically, I care about this. Which And again, that's still there's a little threat in there of like, I care about... This in terms, I care about this, um, and and that, and what I care about might be a version of the world that's this, which might have the implication of I, I want to change the world. But there's yeah, like I said, but the uh, those other two things are about the world needs to be changed in a specific way, and values just doesn't have that in there anywhere near as strongly, and that to me makes it not as bad as you say. That very simple idea of judging and observing your values is a great way to make de- to, is a great decision making tool. It just is one of the good decision making tools for you personally, as long as you can calibrate it, and as long as you're not trying to take it out of your own personal sphere or the sphere of your community of shared value. Um, so yeah, this is again, this is it's making me feel like it's one where it's less about. It's, it's not so much good or bad. It just has to be on a good spot in the list to elevate the best version of itself, as in where the ideas that might drag it down are underneath it and the ideas that are going to elevate it are above it, um, which is, you know, to an ex- really is every idea on the list. But mm. what else, yeah, what else do we have to cover and talk about before we can go to said list? Oh, I just want to um, retrace over the idea that by having it in a high place of value in your own life, like the, like the, like you said, it's people are going to be. I care about this. I don't care about that. R- regardless, that's that's something we all do all the time. Um, and I think that by having an awareness and appreciation of the importance of having, or the, the importance of the opportunities of, of having values and, and the costs of of not having them, as the the shorthand way to navigate to cut through swathes of certain things, then I think that that gets better outcomes for how how you how you experience the benefits of those values in your own life um but uh, but then of course it really really is critical to to protect it from to protect it from all of the things that would trap you into um thinking that your values are absolute thinking that they're important as in like uh, more important than others um than those of others or thinking that yes that, that they're fixed in time or um yeah, having even even universality to you. I'm sure this is overly simple, and yeah, but bringing it back to what I was saying before, it almost feels like values are going to be just fine as long as you don't, as as long as you, if people knew that their values were not a reflection of any essential truths about the world, then values are then values for me are only going to be fine, fine to great. Mm. Obviously, yeah, people reliably and constantly think that they're values are not just personal things happening for them, their interpretation of the world. People think that their values are a reflection about essential truths of the world. And I mean, and again, values might happen in the context of very good observations about the world, but even that, like, again, I think a lot of my values that are, that are my developed ones rather than my kind of conditioned ones or that are more somewhere 
have moved from condition to to development across the spectrum have you know follow me making some observing some uh reasonably true things about at least the world around me but still it's good for me to resist at all times and in all places the idea that my values are that my values are reality so look i don't know mm. if we have all of the ideas all the requisite ideas that would be needed to kind of control that uh on the list yet but i do think that's another and maybe that and you know sensibly there is no way to control that perfectly but i think ameliorating that potential as much as we can um feels good in terms of protecting this as an idea that we can and should be able to feel good about i also think there's a nice part of um you know when you see other people's values you can sort of try them on for yourself or think about them or you know be surprised by them and, and you know they're nice reminders yes. that that we, you know, we, there are so many different selfhoods and, you know, the nice indication of why people may behave differently. And to be honest, when people have values that are, um, you know, diametrically opposed to values that I hold, if they articulate that, um, transparently and operate accordingly, I always, I, I always tend to really appreciate it. I certainly prefer it to people who hold values, who purport to hold values that are the same as the ones that I do, but don't have the corresponding behavior that indicates that that's the case. I, I, I would much rather hang out with somebody who, yeah, with the, as I said, the exact opposite set of values, um, but they were transparent about it because it's, it's at least interesting. Like, and it's, it's, it shows, it shows thoughtfulness, which yeah. I think is just a thing, thoughtfulness and analysis, which is I think a thing that you and I value. But um, yeah, as you say, like for me, it someone dials down the mortal thread of difference. Yes. It, it takes you out of the contempt zone quite like immediately Whereas, you know, I can be in the contempt zone around people who completely agree, who basically agree with me if I feel like like their sense of what we agree on, that they haven't thought it through or um, uh, interrogated it um, or have a thoughtful articulation of it. Whereas, And it's not even necessarily about that, but as you say, someone who, yeah, <laughs> someone who is uh, doing at least the effort to have an articulation of their, of their values um, that has some richness to it. With, you know whether I agree with it or not, there'd be I'm sure there'd be um, limits. Although you know, obviously the the dangerous thought I have, which is which I'm sure is not true, but is compelling, is the idea of it's just like well, if if you're actually thoughtful and analytical, there's only so bad an idea you could have, which is wrong. That's super wrong. But mm. it is still. But it says yeah. something about. But it still says something about the subjective pleasantness of spending time with people who are um, articulating. But there was something really lovely in that in the first part of what you said, which is just if people are articulating their values at all and thinking about things in terms of their values, then you get to learn, then learning about each other's values, um, articulating each other's values just allows for some really lovely moments of seeing each other. And um, because it is, because it is a core thing that is going on in terms of the formulation of people, people's selves, um, it's a useful way to be articulating yourselves to each other. Um, I do, I, I admit I do it all the time in terms of, um, Again, uh, back to the arts residency, because a bunch of what we do is just modeling ways to have like critical community for each other, where you're being sort of rig rigorous and offering critical feedback to each other about your artworks and processes. And a big idea that we talk to about creating, talk about, about um, doing that in a sort of safe and chill, well, st that's, but still rigorous way is the idea of just, I, we call it identifying your lens, but really it's just articulating your values as in, if I'm offering a bit of um, criticism, if I give the person that I'm giving that criticism to as much information about what my personal values are, then A, they're going to know where I'm coming from. 
they're going, it's going to take any sting out of um, a sense of misalignment around the criticism. And it's going to give them a lot of evidence about whether that critic about where to place that criticism, as in uh, uh, in terms of specific usefulness in that moment. And by that, I just mean simple stuff like being like, "Oh yeah, well look, I'm the sort of person who cares about this and this, so here's what I think uh, about what you're doing on that basis, or here's how here's how it's hitting me, but that's because I have these values, or or because I because I value this, my instinctive suggestion would be this. Um, and yeah, like for me. Um, yeah, it, that's a practically useful um, process and speaks to um, an experience of sharing values that can be joyful and fun. Yeah, and I think there'd be no end of examples like that, like where you, if you share your, if you share your values associated with your behaviour, then um, it gives an extra map for someone else to understand how people are or like you know why they might not, you know it might it, it can it can be liberating in so many ways and and just and just also nice. I think we could probably. Get ranking. What's what? What do you think? I think we have eight minutes to rank it on the list. Ticking clock. For those who forgot, there's a ticking clock. But I'm feeling pretty chill that we have the time. So, yeah. Look, for me, it's about it, this is a really simple one of being like, um, what are all the? Let's just start with all the ideas that we think need to go over the top of it. So, bare minimum, I think anything. So we've got scientific method at 21. That's my, that's, and you know, that above that is a bunch of ideas like um, consistency limits, um, freedom, adaptability that I, self-awareness ultimately super high that I think are important to like, I'm just doing yeah. a quick burn up. So, I mean, that's, that's one sort of spot. The other thing about another down at, down at 34, we have logic and then like 38 cause and effect playing it cool right under that. We have, um, intelligence at 40. So that's another one. That's, that's a kind of interesting one to kind of think which one is better or worse. But yeah, I think I could be, again, like it's the question is, yeah, are we, are we chill to put it under something like playing it cool, which is just a really excellent ameliorating idea to most thought processes? I cause I'm kind of thinking yes, but yeah, I, it's, I think um, it's, I'm interested if, if you have a strong sense of wanting it to be something you want to champion higher than that. What number's playing it cool? That is, it's currently 20, 30, 38 out of 108 ideas. Under that, we've got, I so think, going. Uh, look, I, I think that if you have like, you know, if you have a clear sense of your values and like, you know, across the range of your experiences, you're like, you know, in this circumstance, something that I really get a benefit from is playing it cool. I'm going to do that. I think, uh, I think it should be higher. Cool. So you're thinking more up around so scientific method is 21 under that we've got i'll just take a burn underneath that so under that we have true or false authority law immortality moving safety gene editing imprisonment sport um and then we're getting geoengineering body modification lunch logic we're back down we're almost at playing it cool again it's really tough i Mm. guess yeah for me it's yeah it's really about um it's yeah. It's just an interesting question. I think we found a lot of ways to give it a break, but I don't know for me if I found as many ways to like elevate to really elevate it to be like this is mm-hmm. a this this is a this one's a banger more than you're like yeah this one's good. Yeah, the um, I guess it, I guess if values didn't exist, as in if you didn't have a conception of the idea that these are my values and whatever, like they would still exi- exist, like, which is a stupid thing to say. Um, you know, the articulation of of them as something that you would upweight as being important in this process has its own flavor of benefits, but 
yeah, that's good. That makes me warmer on it. The idea that like, yes, to, if they exist, it's good to know that that's there. It's the idea of them, the classification, the classification leads to clarity of decision-making around them, you know, like it's good. Yeah. You, you have to contend with them. You do that better by understanding them and placing them. That's, that's, that is more compelling to me. But yeah, like um, it's almost so compelling to me that I would put it above scientific method because I feel like you can determine anything potentially and you can execute anything. But if you don't have like a reckoning with a framework for why you would do particular things or, you know, why some things are more important than others mm-hmm. to you. Let's, let's then, go up then. Yeah. Let's do, can let's you test quick, that? Let's, let's test up. So going up from scientific method, we have 20 is competition. Then we have consistency, art rules, history, creativity, limits, beauty, freedom, criticism. Yeah, look, for me, history is a hard ceiling. Yeah, history is a hard ceiling. I think rules is a hard ceiling. Yeah, so I mean, look, how do you feel with it relative to art, consistency or competition? Look, it's tough because I feel like our competition is really important, but it's it's through the 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 framework of values that I think that like yeah I feel I feel like an understanding you've you've turned me around now and I think looking at this part of the list I think the idea of having an understanding of values as as a kind of as the as a delivery system of itself and as a thing that is as a thing that is that has to be calibrated and is manipulatable um, I think that makes a better understanding of competition and I actually uh, yeah I'm I'm looking at under rules and over art now I think um. Yeah, yeah, I feel I yeah, feel like that, in, that, it, that really that's that suits me. Yeah, as in yeah, I feel like in the set all the ideas above it, rules, history, creativity, limits, beauty, freedom, criticism, teaching, adaptability, cooperation, hanging out, self awareness, generosity, story, jokes, friendship, sharing, all these things will create a better use of values. And then I think mm-hmm. that having values over these other things will create a better use of them. Um, art consistency competition. Yeah, it does. It does make for a better version of using scientific method, true or false, authority. Definitely. Yeah, it has to be above authority and law. Yeah, Chris, we've done authority it again. For what? Law for what? Exactly. Oh, no, we've done it together, Nick. It's a process. Law for what is marble my... on the floor? <laughs> law for what is my sixth favorite um, uh, <laughs> T Pain song? <laughs> the joke was almost right. <laughs> Chris, I'm sorry I have to uh, bounce off super quick, um, but, you know, as as usual, I do it um, in the kind of uh, cigarette-smoking state of having uh, joined you in the perfect ranking process, um, which is something that I value. <laughs> Me too, Nick. Big time. And value having listeners to, um, you know, I guess justify the cultural format that we're engaging in this process through. It cannot be overstated how much we value having listeners Wink, wink. Mm. Mm. Please procreate and enforce your values upon your progeny. <laughs> oh, that was the end. <laughs> Sometimes commotions, times of emotion.